0: From Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 31, let us listen now to God's holy word. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. You know, there's a a legend about, I don't know if you know this historical figure, about Robert the Bruce, who was the king of Scotland, who led a band of soldiers against a very grand army at the time from a little-known country known as England. It was the war for Scotland's independence. Yet even with Robert the Bruce, this rising figure, Who was leading the charge against England, England dealt some pretty heavy blows to the Scottish resistance. And after repeated defeats, Robert the Bruce went into hiding. With spirits broken, he took refuge in a cave where it was said he noticed a tiny spider attempting to weave a web. And he watched the spider try over and over again to try and make its web each time just barely making it. Until finally, it did. The thread caught hold. It was said that this was the point where Robert the Bruce took inspiration from the spider, found a new sense of resolve to keep on trying to continue the fight, ultimately securing Scottish independence. Fun fact is that I I visited this cave, you can see it there, and I'm not sure how he found inspiration, it was quite a scary cave, and that picture I I took right after seeing a bat fly out, so uh, not really a cave where I would find inspiration, but I think we all have moments in life like that moments where things might feel like they're going so badly we just want to get away, we want to retreat, we want to just cut ourselves off for a moment from the rest of the world. This is true, I think, especially if we feel like we've been trying to do our best, but it seems like nothing's getting done. Nothing's changed. I'm sure that there's a number of us here who can relate to the feeling of spinning their wheels at work, trying to make changes in their workplace or in their schools or in whatever context you find yourselves in, only to find out that it feels like we're going nowhere. It's not a great feeling when the discovery, to discover when the possibilities we thought existed aren't becoming manifest. And here, then, is where the words of Isaiah come into play. Words that carry with it the vitality of God's life-giving power. For those times, we struggle to find inspiration, struggle to try again. These words of encouragement like everything else, don't happen within a vacuum. The whole of Isaiah 40 is written to people who are living in exile. Instead of living in the promised land that was given to their ancestors, they find themselves living in a foreign place, a strange new land with new cultural traditions, with new values, with new languages, with new religious traditions. And looking at the whole of Isaiah 40, we can tell that things aren't going well. The people of God are lost. They are unclear about the role, if any, God plays in this new place. And after going around in circles, trying the same old things that worked back home, and seeing that it's not getting anywhere, they're tired. But they're not just tired, they're also burned out. Perhaps the children's programs that worked in the 50s and 60s didn't attract children and youth they thought would come today. The adult programs that catered to popular trends and values at a time when they were adults at the church weren't the same as some of the adults in their local community. In this strange land. They were tired. We are tired. Perhaps we're even exhausted. For today's reflection in his Advent devotional celebrating abundance, Old Testament scholar and theologian Walter Brueggemann writes, the poem we hear in Isaiah reflects a faith community in which the possibilities of the gospel seemed to have failed. They could not generate the old vitality. Nothing seemed to work. In this world, appeal to the power of God didn't carry much weight. God's people, us, get caught in this cycle of burnout, of trying to fit the gospel in ways that don't always seem to fit. Whether it's because we're clinging to something or the community around us sees something differently, it's difficult. Yet instead of adapting, instead of allowing the abundance to God to fill their weary bodies, we learn, instead of allowing that abundance to fill their weary bodies, People in this text from Isaiah, perhaps even us at times, leaned instead not into God's words, but into the promises that they thought would be granted if they just leaned a little bit into the Babylonian Empire. An empire that seemed to stress that the cosmos was centered around you, your desires, that the life way of God was not the key to success if you wanted to make it anywhere in this world. Promises for which worn-out bodies seems pretty attractive, but it doesn't fall within the invigorating spirit of God. In the 80s and the 90s, psychologists talked about the big five. These were personality traits that helped provide a roadmap, not perfect, but a roadmap for understanding an individual's temperament or ego. The characteristics considered were openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Now, again, these five elements don't make up a complete picture of who we are, And there's certain things we could tweak. But they might be five key identifiers for helping us understand what lies at our core. If we were to look at what five things make up who we are, where do you think most of those things came from? What influenced who we are today? Would it be from our parents? Would it be what we learned from observing our neighbors, what we absorbed from our everyday's connections, the environments in which we live? Possibly. And of course, not every one of these places where we learned to become who we are were from the kingdom of God, from the Babylonian Empire. So hear this. We are not our personalities. We are not our personalities. Or at least your personality is not a full picture of who you are. Because your personality does not encompass the fact that you have a soul. And your soul carries with it the identity given to you from the very beginning that marked you as a child of God. Not a child of Babylon. Not a child of the Roman Empire. Not a child of an empire that preaches greed and self-interest. But a child of God who gives us life. The people have forgotten who provided them with energy and life. But the prophet reminds them of the work of God, that it is in God, not in the empire where we find our renewed resolve. In Isaiah 40, he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. For people who were burned out, people who forgot who they were, God was not done doing what God does best. The prophet reminds those of us who are weary that God does not grow faint. And those who are weakened, God gives strength. This It's the message of hope to us who feel like we've run out of steam or who have given up on trying to further deepen our understanding or our relationship to that divine life-giving power. Friends, God is at work, dismantling what we have learned during our time with the Babylonians. God is at work dismantling the parts of our personalities that have bought into the dream of false abundance, of false happiness. God is at work dismantling the bonds that keep us in a cycle of me and give me more so that we can live in gratitude and thanksgiving. Friends, God is at work, and as we hear the prophet's words, our hearts are called to set aside the dreams of the empire and replace them with a focus on the heart of God. This Advent season, let us break from what we've come to accept as normal so we can lean hard into God's free and restless work. Our reading for today Funny enough, it reminded me of a song by Queen, uh, Spread Your Wings. Spread your little wings and fly away because you know you should do better. That's because you're a free man. While we use this time of Advent and offer gratitude, we also use this time to dream a new dream, to offer a new hope to our souls. We use this time to receive and to offer. There's a time when we can receive what will uplift our souls. To receive the energy, the resolve to reinvigorate our imagination. To reinstill in our hearts the vitality of God. There are tough days, for sure, but God is at work. God is not hidden, so let us spread our wings, bounce up on the air that flows from the life-giving spirit of God. Friends, let us open our hearts this Advent season to the restless God who is constantly at work. Open your hearts with a sense of thanksgiving and gratitude, for God has not forgotten us. And open your hearts this Advent season to the energy of God, which revitalizes our worn-out bodies, our tired souls. It is time that we embrace the lessons of Advent as a new way of living that runs counter to the falsehoods of Babylon. For those of us who are weary and heavy laden, let us mount up on wings like eagles and find the blessed assurance that grants us peace. Friends, let us find the energy this Advent season by setting aside what we have come to just accept as normal, to take seriously within ourselves the energy God provides for those times where we need it. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.